Um, this is a great chat with JP Hudson, who is a natural storyteller. Uh, he speaks about growing up in Northern Ireland in, during the Troubles, also about his formative years exploring and partying, on to when he sort of knuckled down and started taking life seriously. Um, we talk about what motivates him, we speak about how he slowly built up a property portfolio, and also I should mention there's a reference to gollywogs. We understand now that these dolls were used as a sort of propaganda to depict coloured people as lazy and maybe stupid, but uh, in reference to the story it's just an innocent child who didn't really understand any of that, um, so we hope no offence is caused, and yeah other than that it's a great story for anyone who wants to maybe start on a property ladder and build a build their property portfolio this will give you some insight as, as to how jp has done it um, have a listen but quality always had to be there it yeah. had to be perfect number one number one yeah. is quality and then speed followed you know you know the stuff we were doing at that age mm. totally illegal like but he said something that stuck with me and asked. He says, none of you boys will be as successful or do as well as me. Don I stopped halfway up the lane, looked back at the shades and stuff. Whatever, but I was like, fucking sure, I'm gonna do better than him, I'm gonna tell him some fucking day. So I'll do everything you done, but I'll do it different. Mm. And I will do it better. Honestly, some of them people, if you ask them, what are you they don't know. They don't even know. And every little thing you do, you learn a wee bit. When the nurses come over to Mr. Hudson, you have to sit still because we don't know if you've broken your neck, your back, or anything. Should I just hold off ice and that? I says, today is the best time to buy a house. It's the cheapest day to buy a house. If you, if you feel and you think you have got something more and you can do it, take the next leap and go and fucking do it, you know? Yeah, get a start up, will we? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh, welcome to the podcast, JP. Um, for those who don't know, I got to know JP when he asked me to design and build some furniture for his new home. Uh, we worked together on some ideas and in this time we grew a healthy respect and a friendship between us. I know firsthand that JP has grafted hard to get where he is today and we're here to celebrate this journey. So thanks JP for coming on. Thanks for having me now. <laughs> I thought a fun place to start might be um, to throw in the name Johnny Quicklad. Have you ever oh, heard right, of this? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Quicklad, yeah. Does this name mean anything to you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was probably the start uh, building uh, my building company. I was just subcontracting to like of GJ Gardner. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a bit of classic Jenny and Holmes. I was taking on the full build for GJ and I was doing a cladding. And I just got my systems in place and just went hard. Because you're on a square metre rate. So the quicker you put the cladding up, the more money in it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty simple simple economics. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just got up, got systems placed and every time I thought, how could I be quicker? How could I be quicker? And just, just doing different things. Speed was definitely one of the goals I was aiming for, but quality always had to be there. It yeah. had to be perfect. Number one. Number one yeah. was quality. And then speed followed, you know? Yeah. And this is funny that you can definitely achieve good quality record speeds. If you do something yeah. quick, and that's what I even teach my boys and talking boys, if you do something good at the start, quite possibly the next job that comes after it will be quicker, mm. you know? Yeah. So that's what I always find with the building. And, and being methodical mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Going in with a plan. Yeah. 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 I, I think I met you around that time and I didn't really get to know you then, but I was doing some weekend work with uh, Mark Fitz. Oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he must have borrowed some of your gear or. Anyway, you, you came over and met him and I remember you telling him he should get the Festool rail saw. Yeah. Because you can cut three sheets at the same time. Yeah. And you saying that. <laughs> and it was just a little thing I remember and it just sort of stands to what you've just said about. Well, Festo is obviously the best quality gear, yeah. and doing three sheets at once is obviously three times faster, isn't it? Yeah, there's small things like that you, you pick up along the way, and yeah. different tools to make it easier, and invest in those tools, you know, to make make it yeah. job easier and quicker. Yeah. You know, you're investing in yourself. Yeah, yeah, because your tools make you money. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how I got to know of Johnny Quicklad was <laughs> a friend of mine telling me that um, must have been a select Sparkies. He told me. Oh yeah, yeah. Please so please. they talked to GJ Gardner, who you were contracting to, and GJ Gardner, uh, project manager, must have said, "Well, JP is starting this house today, so you want to get there and get your conduit out." That's right. And they were just thinking, "Ah, yes, he'd probably be most of today doing it." And by the time they got there at Smoko, you'd half the house was clad already. <laughs> People they couldn't believe how quick we were getting it up. They're like, fuck, you can start, you know? Yeah. yeah. We got in there, got it done, and 
good lads with me, obviously, which is vital, you know. And yeah, there's a good systems in place, head down, fucking yeah, getting it done. And that's just that's not just good luck either, you know. You have to create a good team. Yeah, exactly. And pass down your work ethic. Yeah, yeah. So where do you think you got that? Is that something you brought from Ireland with you, or yeah. like uh, someone you worked for? Or? Yeah, so I worked for. Um, so I started my apprenticeship the school 15, 16 in the building mm-hmm. and I started my apprenticeship with a man Mervyn Colgan and it's just me and Mervyn working together and he's one of the, the, the best reefers around we were doing you know, pitch reefs, stick reefs yeah. as they call them here and that's what he was doing a lot and he, he, was, he was quick it was just me and him and I was only apprentice yeah. we were still doing them quickly in teams of men you know so right, I had yeah. a good apprenticeship with him yeah. and there wasn't much said get in the van in the morning morning John do you, do you watch the football the weekend? That was, that was a bit of thinking, you know what I mean? And yeah. yeah, it was very little said. He's a very quiet man. But uh, he, he, he taught me well and he's a firm man, you know? Yeah. So I probably picked up a lot of, uh, worked with him for three years to finish my time. And then went on and tried different jobs and an odd job. And it was with older guys. I could see working with them, I was like, fucking hell, I'm only 19 here, I'm qualified and I'm ahead of these guys at mm-hmm. 25. Yeah. It showed how fighting my friendship was with Mervyn, how much I learned from him, you know? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just each different company and different people I met, I just took what I wanted from each person. Yeah. Very fast system and put it into my own spin. Yeah. Work with a man, Vincey Meehan as well. Learned a lot from him. Probably the roughest builder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you learned what not to do, man. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's very vital as well you know yeah it is yeah. you learn their mistakes and yeah. what not to do and stuff but he had definitely good systems in place fuck we used to smash timber frame houses up quick as fuck yeah but you know you could just spend an extra two seconds and get it right and he'd be like get it that we are yeah. boom shoot it off and that's it like, that's know? a different in quality as well and that stands to you too mm-hmm. but yeah I know what you're saying because I was a builder around the same time in Ireland and it construction was booming and yeah. it was just houses getting them up as get fast up, as you can yeah, yeah. It was that kind of culture out there of smashing things up as well. Yeah. So it's good that you managed to get like the quality aspect as well, like, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's no shortage of quality building here in Queenstown as well. Yeah. So it would have stood to you coming here. Yeah. And um, before before we go too too far down this road, JP, um, with all my guests, I'd like to go back to the start. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent guest I had was a psychologist, Dr. Mark Littlewood, and he taught me about how the childhood years is where we form most of our character, mm-hmm. most of our personality. So I'd like you to speak a little bit about your home environment that you grew up in, in, the, in your family. and. Uh, so yeah, grew up mum and dad and four brothers, very hardworking family. You know, dad, he wasn't, but he worked, he said he had a business, uh, Hudson Trailers. He set mm. up a livestock trailer business. You might um, start me out a trailer when I go home. You could do, yeah, yeah. He's your man. <laughs> <laughs> Put in a good word. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as he set up that and he worked, worked himself in the ground doing that. So from a young age, I grew up watching my dad have this business yeah. successful business and from the wage like we were working at that mm. and I mean like four and five we were down them sheds shouldn't have been anywhere near it you know what I mean like <laughs> health and safety whatever you know the stuff we were doing at that age mm. totally illegal like but I don't know I suppose dad had the confidence to let us do it and we you know we knew what we were doing in a way even yeah. if it was just there like I remember one of the men that used to work with dad he set up a tire uh, company. I used to go to him to get my tires from my car. He used to say, to me, I remember your wee fella used to hand me screws, pot rivets for him, pot rivet and the thing. I was maybe only fucking four or five, mm. then passing him pot rivets. He's sure like, absorbing information. Yeah, well, that, yeah. yeah, I was just learning as well. And I could tell, I so said, you need to do this next, that next, or whatever. Mm. And I was fit to tell him what was the next process of them putting that chiller together, you know? <laughs> and that was good. Like me just passing him, he was like, next one, passing him the rivets. He's just putting them in the gun pool take them off me like I yeah. was making his job easier you know yeah. if it wasn't he'd tell me to fuck off and he wouldn't want me near him you know but the small things I got at the start yeah from the way we, we worked in the sheds every summer we were in the sheds with dad uh, like different contracts I remember one for instance he got the you know the the sign the sign's the back of a lorry it's a long vehicle they're like a reflective sign yeah so he got a contract to cut they were folded at each end and once they riveted them into the back of the lorries it put a curve on it so the reflection didn't work so he had the contracts for cutting off probably 10 mil either side of that right. uh, to make them flat so just go in the back of the lorries yeah. the fuck he got that so over the summer me and my brothers done that on the big guillotine machine fuck I don't know what the pressure is and that how many ton mm. you know how many foot there must be 14 foot we used right. to set them all up again to stop stand on the thing this big blade comes down cuts you know yeah. cuts that thing and then we packed them back in the box now our hands at the end of that summer you want to see slices on it mm. lifting the aluminium and from the sharp aluminium from the sharp aluminium mm. you know 
no age, I must have been whew, doing that. I must have been, I'd say, about seven or eight. Yeah. Mark, Mark my older brother was probably 10, Stephen must have been five, you know. But, but you know, some kids who would have not been put in that environment would probably hurt themselves really badly, mm-hmm. but you guys must have had some cop on. Like, your dad yeah. must have trusted you yeah. to, to put you in there, you know? Yeah. I think uh, you'd have sort of left your own devices and you figured out, yes, you hurt yourself. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, well, not that again. Yeah. yeah. I remember we were in a leave and, like, you know, the leaves, like, for drilling yeah. uh, Burson's solid aluminium we were doing out there uh, me and my brother Stephen was beside me and I was drilling these Burson's out and I left the chuck in the lathe <laughs> fucking turned the lathe on it, it came out and lucky enough it didn't it, it slipped out and probably on the first spin yeah and hit Stephen in the leg now that had I got a few spins that took fucking someone's head off you oh know it would, yeah yeah, yeah. So those That's a very common thing I think with those engineering legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I need not to do that again. <laughs> yeah. There's different things at different injuries over the years mm. within, you know, it's yeah. like, but you, you soon Maybe know. a little bit of luck as well. Yeah, I'd say yeah. a lot of luck. Mm. There's no way now, you know, you look at different nieces and nephews would you let them down into that environment. It's funny, it's isn't it? No way. Yeah. But at some point they have to learn those skills, you mm. know? Mm. So you wonder when at what stage they're gonna do it. I think now the it's too the world's too fucking safe for yeah you know what I mean well, I think just, you can say probably a bit of luck that nothing did happen yeah and then things do start to happen so right okay we need to put fucking process place to not everyone's wrapped in cotton, cotton wool nowadays it's about yeah. it mm, mm. it is yeah yeah from the age we were over the fields like if mum was getting us a fucking tie she probably would have got us a hatchet <laughs> me and my brothers would have went over the fucking field and we would have took picked the tree and we would have hacked at it for fucking weeks to get that thing you know cut the tree down like yeah that was our fucking you know and she would have just left us we'd come yeah. home when we were hungry she would have fed us yeah. we fucked off over the field again very simple life eh? yeah simple life was good mm. like you know yeah so growing up back home uh, in the business just hanging out with the brothers uh, and then I suppose uh, when I got to secondary school me and my older brother because dad had the big commercial premises me and my older brother Mark we set up a car washing company oh, yeah. so that was my first business I suppose you know <laughs> and uh, yeah I was 11 years of age and Mark he would have been 13 like dressed up in bikinis washing cars and stuff exactly yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for good it was, good, but it was going well actually uh, yeah, two, £2 per car must have taken us about 15 minutes to wash a car we're very protective with it you know mm. and they're queued out the gate yeah. non-stop all day and that was you know, was there a car wash local in a garage or something that was more expensive or was that kind of the only option yeah, that, around? Was, that was the only option around. What, are you, what are you saying like we, that was the only option so people had to go with us oh, I'm asking <laughs> that's all <laughs> no, I was wondering if, if you kind of yeah, I seen like oh, that's more expensive. We can go in on the yeah. couple and give them a better service. Yeah, and there was a, I suppose was a, those car washes in the next town or city yeah. in the area, not and you could have stopped and got the car washes. But we had a uh, in our little village. We did, we did the local. We were only one there doing it. Yeah, and all the locals used to come to us and get their car washed or leave the car there and come yeah, back and yeah. whatever and stuff. You know. Yeah. And two dollars a car mightn't seem much to an adult, but to a young guy growing up, it's a oh, lot yeah. of money. It was, yeah. yeah. We were like maybe doing 20, 30 cars a day. Yeah, right. You know, at eleven yeah. years of age, uh, twice a week. So yeah. say there's sixty, sixty cars a week. To you know, there's one hundred twenty. It's sixty pound. Yeah. At you know, for your weekends work at eleven years of age, it wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. The, the price went up to two fifty. Yeah. The time we finished, it was four pound per car. That's just the way it went, you know. Yeah. We're probably too cheap at the start. Should have been probably three at the start. Well, maybe that's what they needed to get everyone interested. In. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was probably die. Just I don't think it was the fact of the money. I think it was what what you could learn from that. And I don't think it was ever the money. It was just what the skills you could learn yeah. take away from that and yeah. I think that was like I, I couldn't tell you ever saved any of the money that I made went <laughs> yeah. down the shop and bought a heap of sweets and all that shit or fireworks or whatever the fuck we done you know yeah. then soon you're buying drink and all that sort it's of thing it's lessons it mm. means you can you can work hard and get what you want Yeah. whether it's sweets or whatever it is fireworks Yeah. Yeah. you're not yeah. with your hand out looking for favours you do it yourself yeah. I'm not surprised you ended up um, your own business and sort of working yeah. for yourself yeah, with that kind of training from early on. Yeah, I could just call the shots myself. That you know, so like yeah, I have to. Yeah. And then I suppose my dad having his own business and growing up seeing that. Yeah. You know, I suppose I sort of felt that I probably that's a path that I need to sort of better myself and to, to prove myself to him maybe or to, you know what I mean. I probably felt like I, I should have him a business. Or yeah. I don't I'll not be as good as him. Or well, that's the example you have. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. Mm. And he did say something to me. Yeah, I remember we we're walking up from the. And I actually said them when they came just recently there. He said something that stuck with me, and I was fuck. I can't wait to tell him the answer to this, you know. But he says uh, we're walking up the lane from working in the yards together. He says none of you boys will be as successful or do as well as me. 
and my dad wouldn't be one to go to that but I don't know why he said it but I actually asked him when he came here but he said none of you boys be a success to me and I was like what none of us like me none of the, me and the four boys will do as well as you nope 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 and w- walked on I stopped <laughs> halfway up the lane looked back the shades and stuff in Ireland just find spot or whatever but like fucking sure I'm going to do better than him I'm going to tell him some fucking day you know? <laughs> so I must have been about at that age I must have been about 13 I would say 12, 13 it's pretty young you know and he came over to Queenstown he's been the mum and dad have been here five, six times you know I was up I had a fine home in Franklin Road on an acre land which is a nice house and fuck the thing that the view of Mark's amazing and stuff and I thought about it it's not the right time to say you know mm. business was going well set up built my new home uh, Tony Starr so living in there it's nice home they came and stayed there and enjoyed that uh, business going well doing well so it's not, it's not the right time then they came this time so they did this home and seen this home and dad walked around and he says Jesus this home's a credit to you John well done fucking proud of you stuff you know which is mm. good to get from my dad like, yeah. it was nice nice to hear that and anyway we're just in here one night and we're talking and I pulled him and I says do you remember that time you said that to me of course he didn't remember it you know but yeah. it stuck with me and he's like, oh, well, didn't it push you on? I said, I fucking did push you on. So now I'm saying, like, thanks for saying that, because that did, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? That did give me that drive. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be better than you or do things, but that gave me a drive, yes, to, to prove me wrong. Yeah. But we will do better than you. Mm. I looked at that, I said, I'll do everything you've done, but I'll do it different. Mm. And I will do it better. Because he, his health now is fucking not great, because he's diabetic, because he works so hard. Mm. He's grafted, he didn't look after himself and all. But I felt like I have worked as hard, and I have... Kept yeah. that top of that thing, you know. Yeah, we think different now, I suppose, or generation, yeah. you know. You sort of stand on the shoulders of your ancestors. That's mm. how it works. That's mm-hmm. how we evolve. And yeah. he's set up that platform for you. Yeah. And you've taken, like you did with your employers, you've taken the good things from him and yeah. brought it with you. Exactly. And you're an improved version. Yeah. So fuck. I just think. I wonder if he was when he said that comment. Did he know what he was doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said. He says. Well, I said that. He says. I said that for you to push you on didn't it push you on didn't it and this mm. is what fucking did like yeah. it stuck me and I've I said you've been over here this is your fifth time fifth sixth time here whatever I says and the last few times I was going good I was happy where I was at but it just wasn't the time it's the and stuff he was if, it, if, if he was going to come or not it's like fuck I have something to tell that man and yeah here, you know yeah. Yeah, I have something to show him yeah. something to prove to him you know yeah. I want them to come and enjoy this space this this home that I've built yeah because I've built the space to enjoy with yeah family and friends isn't it that's where you do it like, of you know? course yeah what else yeah yeah the, the show them like, so. yeah so that's yeah. a nice moment for you yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was good like, it was yeah. nice you know so that's yeah. probably how many years in the making yeah fuck 20 <laughs> yeah, yeah. 20 odd you know yeah. would have been like, it never left me like I can um, with a name like JP I imagine your parents must have been religious I think the Pope came to Ireland in 86 I think is that right no, I think it was 86 the Pope came to Ireland and maybe that's where I got John Paul I named John after my granddad named Paul definitely religious where we grew up going to mass every yeah. Sunday and stuff which you as know, everyone was in yeah, Ireland at exactly, that time you know, yeah. yeah and it's you know I don't go now like, and definitely you learn good disciplines from going there and stuff and morals or whatever yeah. you know what I mean that, to get up that discipline to go up and I'm the very same JP I don't really go to church anymore but I do see the benefits yeah. that we've that we've lost because uh, we don't go because mm. it, it's community hubs mm-hmm. in every village in Ireland there's a community hub based yeah. around the church they used to be yeah. but because of all the bad things that have happened people have lost faith in the church so. that's it exactly I don't know what our community hubs are now everyone's Facebook and yeah, stuff like that I know pub yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's still there they reckon that's lying out too yeah, well it is yeah. a bit yeah yeah. it's a pub because we're back home fucking Daphne you know and here and stuff everybody just goes to each other's house fucking cheaper and yeah. you, you have the people there that you want you yeah. know that fucking fucker <laughs> spitting over your shoulder <laughs> telling you the same fucking story every time yeah. you go in he's like fuck there he is again that's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah fuck yeah I like, like the culture here yeah yeah the barbecues and get togethers and yeah and you've got the well for too yeah right perfectly suited yeah mm. but the name uh, John Paul uh, I suppose like Back home, because of the whole religion thing, growing up in Northern Ireland, the Paul sort of dropped a wee bit, you know what I mean? So it's got John, and I suppose my friends call me JP or whatever, you know, but yeah. my family just know me as John, really, you know, and yeah. sort of got dropped. And I do remember going to some school events with mixed schools and different schools, and there being a wee bit of issue with the name. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. John Paul and stuff, people fucking hassle me for it. A lot of our listeners might not understand that you bring something quite unique that a lot of our listeners and most of my other guests wouldn't have experienced and, and it's where you've come from 
You come from a border town or border village at a time when you'd probably describe it as a war zone in Ireland, mm-hmm. if that's fair to say. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear what it was like growing up in an area like this. Yeah, well, where I grew up, uh, Pines Pass, that was probably a, there's not a bad place to live. You know, you're, you sort of were, there's, I don't know how many roads come down to Pines Pass, the Ban Bridge, predominantly a Protestant town, Neary, predominantly Catholic, Market Hill, Protestant, Portadown. Mixed Protestant, mm. sort of, you know, a lot of trouble happened in Portadown, Lurgan, all you know, so you're just in the center, yeah, of it all, you know. We should say for some of the listeners who have no idea, there was a massive conflict in Ireland that went on for maybe 30 years or so, mm-hmm. um, called the Troubles. Mm-hmm. And it was, I won't say it's because of religion, I think religion was kind of like the flag for mm-hmm. each side, wasn't it? Yeah. Protestant versus Catholic, yeah. So, what you're saying now is your area, you had some Protestant villages and towns look close by, and you had some Catholic, mm-hmm. so there was a mix. Yeah. yeah, and then our uh, village was was mixed. It was like you know, sixty forty. But you know, but everybody got on pretty well. To be yeah. fair, of course you're going to get the odd, you know. But everybody got on really well. And uh, we used to like the Catholic school that I went to was up here, and the, the Protestant one was down low. We called it the low school. I don't know why the Catholic school was higher than the Protestant school. But <laughs> 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 there's it's no like way. you're looking down. Yeah, on no, it. I that, no, but there's no. Yeah, we were our parents brought us up like everybody's the same and you respect every religion and stuff and I'm grateful that it was brought up like that there's no bigotry within our family at all yeah actually if, like, if, if we go back generations uh, we actually were Protestant or you know mixed my was it my great grandfather whatever it was he, he married a Catholic yeah that's how we just converted into Catholic then yeah but uh, every, you know we, we got on quite well and it was fine I went to primary school so it was one event that happened in the village that these two guys got shot uh, one was a Catholic one was a Protestant Damien Trainer was Catholic Philip Allen the Protestant and they were best mates most mm. of their life same as uh, as I was with a lot of my friends in the village we used to go down to the, the Protestant school the low school as we called it and played rugby with them because you know two small schools 80 people per you know per school or something like that they didn't have enough lads to play the rugby so we used to go down and play rugby with them and stuff you mm. know so um, you were friends with each other yeah we were friends with each other mm. and then after after school all would have met in the football field and kicked about the game yeah. football pitch and kicked about football and stuff and played it was you know it was, it was mm. good but I uh, Damien and Philip probably had the same relationship growing up uh, they were older than me they're in their 20s these lads and they were in the pub and uh, it was 98 3rd of March 98 I'll never forget it but they were in the, the pub discussing a wedding arrangements you know Damien was going to be the best man for Philip and then the LVF a paramilitary came in gunmen came in and opened fire in the pub mm. and shot the two boys dead you know so unusual that we won Protestant and one Catholic shot usually it's targeted yeah that's way. it yeah. Yeah. so I don't know what the motive was behind it or mm. if, if any if the guys the lad you know Damien and Philip were targets or anything I don't I don't believe there was you know but they've thought it was mostly Catholic church um, not church yeah. uh, pub well that's it actually you're right so they would have came in they were LVF says right well he had you know I think they probably had the sort of what I remember uh Someone would have said to him, you, you know, you're in a bit of debt here for whatever, go kill a Catholic or something. So the boys went into Points Pass, which is at 60-40, probably more Catholic than Protestant. Mm-hmm. But came into the, the pub hoping to be full of Catholics maybe, or more Catholics than uh, mm-hmm. Protestants. There's actually a sale yard on at that time, selling cattle and sheep and stuff. So it was a busy, busy pub. So they went in and opened fire and that's who they shot was empty boys and wounded them. And yeah, the, the boys went in and took in the hospital and later died uh, on the way on the road. Yeah, at, at the the sale of died at the exact same spot, Gora Wood, going around the corner up the street. The two boys died. The two different ambulances died at the same spot. The two separate ambulances. Yeah, yeah. And they both died in the same place. Yeah, died in the same place to say. But that was, uh, yeah, I remember that. I'll never forget that night. I was in bed going to school the next day. I woke up and Dad was in the living room. He put tally tax on and he was reading it. Yeah. And he seen that. I think it's one of his friends called him and said there's been shooting in the the pub in the past. Yeah. And he looked up Teletax and right, right enough, it gave the names. So it did, you know, and that's only yeah. within a couple of hours. But it's, it's happened probably frequent enough, shootings here and there and people's yeah. getting shot. So it was being reported probably quite quickly. You, you always know? think it's further away or it's not going to happen to you. It's yeah. shocking then when it does happen yeah. to people, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew them well. Like, Dad was very friendly with Sean Trainer. He's a local mechanic, mm-hmm. trainer's, uh, you know, mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I actually used to walk home from school and Damien, he would have been there like in the mechanic in the workshop 
and I, me and my mates would walk past and I would just shout hey Daly man golly walk you know he this big curly head of hair and stuff yeah. and ironically I suppose he's a mechanic he's all oil all over his place so he was he's dark you know yeah, what I mean so yeah. I, I know why I call him golly walk unknown to me as when he's fucking young but that's probably I think Gollywog's a sort of bad now for the racist yeah, sort of thing isn't there like you can say things like that yeah exactly you know yeah. what I mean but I was like I, there was very no, innocent at that time very innocent you know what I mean mm. my mum had Gollywog's in the house and they're big she had the teddy bears yeah. things you know and they're a big big afro her yeah. so that's what I was saying to him like, you know yeah. what I mean <laughs> and you know that, that sort of thing wasn't yes there was problem with religion stuff but the racial thing was definitely not in Northern Ireland it was yeah. religion that was it there was no racial thing yeah well in Ireland we didn't really it was just Irish white people that's right yeah. we didn't really know anything else yeah, you know? exactly, it seemed yeah. like a really foreign thing yeah so that was quite innocent but yeah that was a that was a big turnaround in Northern Ireland at that time you know mm. people uh, did sort of look at how long this, this little village here points past everybody gets on here two best mates in organising wedding arrangements you know mm. best uh, one being best man whatever and they both shot the head like this mm. has to stop so soon after that the Good Friday Agreement came out and different talks and stuff you know yeah. and on Possibly on the back of that, there, you know, it was yeah. definitely it did make people stop and think. You know, I looked at a bit. I did a bit of research on that last night um, when I was checking out where you're from and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think they're in the middle of the peace process. Mm-hmm. The talks were mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes yeah, when it actually yeah, happened. Maybe, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it was such a shocking thing that mm-hmm. happened that caused that village uh, was one example of two different sides getting on together. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so it was such an outrage that it did cause cause quite a stir. I think yeah. and two like representatives from each side came mm-hmm. to that place and shook hands in public. Yeah, yeah. and it just it's a symbolic thing to mm-hmm. show that it is possible to have unity. Yeah, um, definitely. And it also shows the tragedy of not having unity. Yeah. It, it shows both sides, and it probably did help spur things on. So it's a horrific event and it's a horrible thing that happened, but one tiny positive I guess you can take from it is that it might have helped the peace process happen. Yeah, I think it did definitely help it all yeah. a bit. You know, you're still going to get people that, that definitely did maybe stop other people and try yeah. to say, yeah, fuck. And there, there was a war from maybe 30 years before that and mm-hmm. it's it's been pretty much almost peace since then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is an amazing thing. Yeah, it is. It's good, yeah. Just as far as I know, and you'll know more than me, but they're on the record, road to recovery and there's a lot of changes still happening and it'll yeah. take a lot of time for people to get over some of the atrocities that yeah. have happened yeah mm. that's it'll take a while you know for people to let go but they're still you know still they own a bit partial they don't, they don't have a government back in Ireland because I think the first minister is from Sinn Féin and DUP won't sit in and it's just it's, it's, yeah. it's madness you know it is when you look back at it it is it is madness you know there's one thing other there's other Northern Ireland listeners would know when you're from Northern Ireland and you meet someone some from an, also from Northern Ireland. You look at each other and you're chatting away, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, where are you from? Oh, yeah, you're, you're from fucking Portadown, Portadown could be in or say, oh, yeah, sweet, fuck, I'm not too far away from that, too. Fuck, this pints pass, or trying to sauce each other out. Sauce each other What's good to be good at? Fucking, you know what I mean? Mm. Lucky enough, like a name from Hudson, and I went to an interview this school, so Catholic and Protestant, which, fuck, I think should be compulsory in Ireland, really. Yeah. So it should be, you know. So my secondary school was uh, mixed. And just so I thinking just, you said I threw like, a curveball that no one could ever suss me out you know yeah. Hudson fucking <laughs> John Paul give it away look. yeah <laughs> I wonder you know after that event so you said the town was very you know mixed integrated yeah. after that happened it would have caused a lot of anger mm. any troubles have flared up as a result of it or I can't not not in the village not you know because we wouldn't have any uh, you know parmalities within my village and mm. stuff no definitely not but all our yeah, I remember just seeing different things in the papers and stuff, like mm. the IRA maybe, but post offices, we'd hunt points past killers and stuff. Yeah. You know, probably because that, you know, it, it was the LVM. Kind of adds fuel to the yeah, fire. you know what I mean? So, but I can't say there was, from what I can remember, any, yeah, it didn't mm. flare, not, you know. Good. Yeah. I think it did like, maybe make people realise, fuck, yeah, we can work together here. Yeah. Let's stomp this out. Yeah. Fuck it, you know. That's one good thing can be said from it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people won't understand some of the tensions in in, in these areas um, Mm. because you have to live it to understand, I guess. And I'd be one of those people. But I remember driving up there years back and it must have been during July when they had the marching season. Just like Union Jack flags Mm -hmm. everywhere. Hang out of every possible place they could be, you know. And you feel like you're walking into... It's not intimidating, but it definitely takes you back, you know. You Mm -hmm. think, fuck, there's something going on here that's powerful, you know. There's tension in the air. Um, Can you explain a bit to people about 
what are the Orange Order marches and what they represent and and, and the bonfires as well I fuck I don't know if I can or not because I don't really give a fuck about them <laughs> <laughs> I think they're daft but I suppose uh, William of Orange he was actually Dutch I think that's where the Orange Order come from mm. and then watching uh, King Billy fuck what did he do he, did, he defeated it was a battle of Boyne or something shit yeah I think so wasn't it something yeah. like that uh, so I, I haven't thought of it and it's, it's not mm. much of a significance to me, you know what I mean it's just going back what I can remember from school uh, I, I don't know it's just, just hatred like honestly some of them people if you ask them what are you they don't know they don't even know yeah. you know what I mean and they claim to be the Northern Ireland Protestant I ain't going to say one side's better than that because there's both on both sides you know what I mean yeah. but the Northern Ireland Protestant claim to be British now most of my mates over here and you probably yourself are British they know nothing from England like you know they know yeah. nothing about Northern Ireland nor do they give a fuck about it Yeah. and I'd say half the British they probably regret they were trying to have a piece of it <laughs> it's caused them more headache you know yeah. what I mean so like they're I don't know they're just, I feel like they're just sort of trying to cling on to something and you know it's just it's just causing a lot of I suppose in the same way your father would have taught you skills about uh, welding or using a lathe mm-hmm. um, a lot of these guys were passed down that, this made passed, of bigotry and hatred. hatred passed down that hatred and this thing and it's a learned thing you're not born hating uh, yeah. the other side no it's a learned thing it's a learned yeah. thing but even I remember when the Queen was coming to Ireland one time and there's these people in Dublin protesting. Should somebody give an out protesting on TV? He'd a fucking Man United jersey on him. <laughs> the English Premier League. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It's hypocritical. Let her come, whatever. You know, there's a lot of things went on, but if you keep digging up the past, I don't think it's going to be. That's what yeah. happened. Like, you know, so many things happened in the past that you're like, fuck, how did that go on? Well, yeah. this is how we're more aware of it now. We know that shouldn't happen. Move on. You know? Yeah. Keep bringing it up. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah. I think I don't want to talk too much about the podcast about the troubles in the north. We could talk for hours, but yeah, you could, you it's, could. it's not about that. It's your story, and it's uh, it's about your journey really to where you are today. Um, so somewhere along the line, you got yourself a good trade with mentors, mm-hmm. you could say, yeah, um, which gave you an arsenal of skills. And and at some stage, you kind of got the call for adventure and decided mm-hmm. to explore the world and leave Ireland. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always knew, even pretty young at school. I just knew, I don't know if I, I think I got that call in the end. I just right. knew I wanted to go somewhere like different. Different. Probably about the weather was a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I would say the weather in Ireland probably drove me out. Probably probably about ninety percent of the reason why I left. You know, and then I suppose the, the different things with the living conditions and how that side of things was. You know, you're yeah. going this time was a trouble here and that all that shit. I was like fuck that. But uh, yeah, so as soon as I finished my time, I actually was going to go. Like as soon as I was nineteen, I was going to fuck off the America. I think it was that time, mm. but I didn't stay about uh, for now a couple of years in Medigan or whatever. Kept me there, and then when I just turned twenty two, my partner at the time went to Australia. My brother was already over there. He I actually had planned to go before him. I had it my thing, so I'm going. And then in the meantime, sure, he he could get up and go. So he he lay in the believing, you know. And I went over to meet him and a few other friends that was in Australia, went to Perth. And yes, it was just the start of it. I, I knew this is it, like I'll never, I'll never yeah. go back home. Mm. So I mean, I but you knew, yeah. I knew, yeah. I knew, like I knew, I was, I was there a couple of weeks and I just knew, yeah. yeah, this is it, loved it. I remember that time, that feeling, it was just like a whole new adventure. Yeah, Everything was, yeah. was fun and yeah. cool and yeah. new experience. I went to Perth as well. Yeah. And it was like, um, it was like Ireland and Australia, I felt it was, like. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's madness in yeah. the track, yeah. What year were you there? I left Ireland in, oh, what was it, 2011? 2011, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2008. So I went to Australia 2008 and was there for like two and a half years. And mm. for one way or another, uh, visas, issues and all that, immigration agent fucked me over, took all my money and fucking gave me nothing. <laughs> you know, but I was actually working in the mines at the time and he, he knew we were working in the mines and making good money, so... He was like, oh yeah, I'll give you this video, whatever and stuff, and fuck, yeah, nightmare. And I had to leave, and when I left, they put me on a student visa, I was like, well, fuck, I'm not going to be a student. I might fuck going into class, and the left school hated that, you know? So, that was like, give me a student visa, so I was like, well, how long is this going to do before I have to, because I'm not ready to leave, you, you promised me all these visas, and now you, you're putting me on a student visa, how long yeah. is this going to last before they catch all and say, fuck, I'm not going to class. He's always going to play for permanent residence. And I just give up on it, you know? So, I was like, right, I'll go home. I think the grand was, I was just go home and see my grand and uh, they, you know, when I went home, I cancelled my. Or I went home. My visa was still running on. I wasn't in class, and then I wasn't complying the rules of the visa. They cancelled it and gave me a three-year ban. So my brother, I said I'd go home, see my granda, stay at home for a wee bit or whatever, and then sort something out with visa, and then come back over. 
mm. but my visa was cancelled they gave me a three year ban so I couldn't get back in Australia and I remember I found a site online was a plan for visas and stuff and I remember I was in my bedroom and I was actually crying because I couldn't get back to Australia my brothers and my friends yeah. all over there and I was like yeah. fuck what am I going to do I didn't know you know a mum came in the room and says you don't want to be here do you? yes mum sorry but I don't Mm. I don't want to be here like you know she could see and just supported me going away like you know what I mean she did like but yeah. she didn't want me to go she wanted me to be there but she could yeah. see how much it meant to me to be away and live somewhere else you know yeah so right okay I have to think of another plan so done a bit of travelling around South East Asia met a lot of people different stories along the way I went over to New York for a couple of months a good sort of experience over there working in some high end apartments in New York City just living mm. that sort of life yeah that, that was really interesting learned a lot from that too and every little thing you do you learn a wee bit then came back home mates was talking about New Zealand as I get I'm going visa got it laid out there a couple of weeks and then I was golf right yeah back, you know yeah. so I came to New Zealand and as I get I can be in New Zealand stay there a couple of years and then get back into Australia got here I've been back to Australia for a long weekend I said yeah you know what I mean so just fell in love with the place the people everything yeah it's like a home away from home you know yeah I was going to ask you what you thought about New Zealand your first impressions and obviously yeah you instantly loved it yeah do you feel like there's a connection between the Irish and the Kiwis yeah there's, there's definitely something similar I think maybe the two countries uh, because you know the quite small population islands uh, yeah, islands. Yeah, there's definitely were very, very similar. It is nice landscape and different things. Like, it's similar yeah. to home, isn't it? Really? Very similar in a lot of ways, mm. yeah. I find the people very similar. People are very similar, yeah. Agriculture is a big thing in both countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Agriculture and tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're almost identical, really, on yeah. different parts of the world. Similar cultures, yeah. I was the very same. I was in Australia, just because that's where everyone went. Um, but when I got to New Zealand, I felt like home. Mm-hmm. It just felt like no home here. And I felt welcomed. Yeah, I loved it here as well from day one. Yeah. Yeah. I came over for the earthquakes, it was 2011. Yeah. And I remember actually, I was over in, was in Vietnam, I met these other two, a couple from Belfast, and we were sitting having breakfast one morning, and the next thing news flash came out up, up on the TV, there was an earthquake in New Zealand. Mm. And I had no real tide in New Zealand, met a few Kiwi mates over in Australia. Australia. And I was like, you know, got on very well with them. Yeah, the news flash came up, there was an earthquake in Christchurch, and they had just left, she was a school teacher in Christchurch, and he was just doing labour or whatever. And they were like, oh my God, no, you know, the, the thing is, oh, that's the first sort of thing about Christchurch. Then I, you know, fast forward a couple of months later, I'm over in Christchurch for, did rebuild the city for like, yeah, rebuild the city after earthquakes, like, yeah, introduction. Have you been to Christchurch recently? Yeah. It's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, yeah. I was up there a month or two ago, my mum and dad was over. Yeah. I have a cousin up there, so he is a new, newborn, and... It's turning into a cool city, I it, think. It is, yeah. It definitely has legs. Like, I can't say that I, I think I'll ever like Christchurch that much, you know? Yeah. Like, when I first went to Christchurch, there was fucking nothing. The place was ruined. And it was a bit depressing. Like, it was you know, a bit depressing, you know? It, yeah. Yeah, but one thing that I remember is the the people. Very friendly and very helpful. Yeah. They're very welcoming. They, yeah. You know, they knew you were over and to... And grateful. Grateful. Yeah, mm. very grateful. They knew you were over to help yeah. with quick and they, they couldn't do enough. We went in to open a bank account, me and my mate, in the Westpac Bank, she put us in touch with her friend. Her friend came and picked us up and took us to his shed. He'd heap of cures for like backpackers, give us the cure. And the cure wasn't like, it wasn't like fucking shit or yes, but it wasn't like unreliable. Like, she went for the whole, like, yeah. the couple of years we had it, it was fine, you know, really looked after us. And, you know, it was, yeah, mm. so it was really nice. And me and my friend was looking, he says, fucking hell, these people are nice. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. And then put us in touch with someone else that gave us a house and all. It just, yeah, just, yeah. Just unraveled really for us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was doing a bit of research last night looking back through your Facebook photos and all that. Looks like you had some wild times and sure lots did. of partying in your sort of formative years of travelling and yeah. maturing a bit. Yeah. I wondered, was there any crazy stories from those times and, or was there anything that made you think, right, it's maybe it's time to reel it back in a little bit here? Or? Well, probably the, the thing that made me plenty of crazy stories. Don't know how much I could share, really, you know, but fucking, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's plenty of wild nights. But, uh, but probably the the thing that made me reel it back in my brother came over from Australia for around Christmas time don't know how many years ago it was now it was 26 so fucking maybe 12 years ago yeah right and he came over for a week or two and I planned to do you know biking and all this sort of stuff with him here in Queenstown uh, yeah he arrived picked him up from the airport dropped off his bags house down the pub to see the lads got a bit excited a few fucking pints crack was good and we did actually go home early enough, but my auntie and cousin was coming down from Christchurch and I had organised to get a mattress for her to sleep on in the house, you know, mm. and or for my brother to sleep on, whatever it was. I couldn't get told of my friend that day, so 
finally he got him. He was the guy supposed to drop he, off the mattress. Well, he was the guy he's supposed to fucking drop off the mattress. So he was, I saw you in the garage, so go on ahead, go pick it up. And as me and my brother was fucking tricking, so I says, bro, here, come on, uh, pick up this mattress. It's only around the road in Hanstein Street, as at Madigan Street, just around, fuck, a kilometre around the road, you know? Mm. What could happen? But then I went out in the car, my brother says to me, here, give me the keys. I'll drive. And I, I don't know why the fuck I've done that. So I walked around the patch side and I slid the keys across the roof. It took probably about fucking 10 minutes for those keys to slide across the roof. Like, what do you mean? It, it, this time stopped, you know what I mean? At that moment, it was a weird, eerie moment. I'll never forget it. The keys just, you know, this time just stopped, you know what I mean? I could feel that sort of moment. The keys, is, you know, it didn't. It fucking just slid across. He picked up. Yeah. Out but at that moment, something did happen. Like, that. that should have been my realisation here. What am I doing here, yeah. you know? He drove round the road. He was fucking about in the car. There's no one at the fault. Uh, you know what I mean? The wolf got in the car fucking. And we drove past the fucking, where my friend's garage was. Up the road, uh, came flying around the corner and we drove in, smashed into the fucking taxi bus. I had no seatbelt on. I went out through the windscreen in the car. Fuck. Hit my head off the fucking taxi. Came back in the footwell. Uh, knocked out. He was fucked up. He didn't know where he was. People came out of the houses and stuff, and a fire brigade came. Doctor came on scene. Fuck. I thought I was dead, just laying there in a pool of blood and stuff. Mm. Anyway, ambulance came. A fire brigade cut me out. Ambulance came, took me. You were out cold. As I cold, yeah. Airlifted me to the Needham Hospital, so they did. Then I was in hospital for the next couple of weeks. Fucked up. Do you yeah. remember when you started camp too? Yeah, well, that night, I remember coming to that night, and my partner at the time. Uh, she came into the hospital and stuff and she was like you know fucking tears and all me fucking all messed up face fucking in pieces and stuff and I remember just her to be in front of me you know and then getting there lifted to the hospital I remember I was I think they were putting the stuff on me like you know we fuck whatever you call it mm. different things like monitors, monitors, and, stuff, monitors yeah. and all that shit you know mm. and I was uh, all fucking trying to pull them off and didn't know what was going on and neck brace and all that shit on me when the nurses came over to Mr Hudson you have to sit still because we don't know if you've broken your neck your back or anything as soon as she said that I sat still the only thing that moves is my fucking eyes blinking okay, you know, scary. Was, yeah it was scary I was like mm. oh shit because I know if I did break my back and moved maybe I could paralyze myself mm. so like I just sat still put into the helicopter Airlifted to the Needham Hospital, then was put through the MRI scan, and after that they came out and I still didn't move. Like you know, the one of the nurses or doctors came and says, "Oh, good news, Mr. Hudson, you've only got a few broken ribs, uh, <laughs> in your thing," and mm. that was the right. But I did have bleeding in the brain, you know, but it was insignificant. Like it wasn't that bad. They didn't have to operate or release the pressure. Well, uh, I felt that like my memory was fucked for a long time after that. Really? Big time, yeah. Big yeah. time. Took a long time to get over that. So, bleeding in the brain, you know, I know, like, and that's the big scar down there and all that. Yeah. Like, quite a few scars in my fucking face from it, but yeah, from that point, yeah, uh, like I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and I'll never forget it, like, uh, over Christmas, and we were sitting, like, my brother came over for a holiday. Next thing he was at my bedside, him and my partner at, at my bedside, and uh, these kids came in the hospital and were singing the Christmas cards and stuff. Oh, I, you know, I was like, imagine yeah. Christmas was going to be. I, yeah, I was like, fucking hell, this is the, they're just singing these songs, saying at night. Yeah, and I was like, fucking hell, this is this is depressing. So I was like, get out of get out of a hospital and back on a bit of recovery and all that and stuff, and that was fine. But at that point, I'm like, right, I need to fucking reel it back in. Mm. You know, what I mean, I need to. Mm. I know I have something else to do here. I need to fucking go for it and do it. You realised how close maybe you were to exactly. death. Yeah. yeah, you know, could have been a different story. It could have been a different story. So yeah. I did at that point. I reeled it back in. Soon after that, a. Uh, Six months, whatever. Moved up six months after that, yeah. Moved up to Christchurch, and I uh, bought my first home up there. And my old boss was actually always at me to move back up and build houses for him and stuff. So yeah, I did. And I always wanted the house. I was always interested in property, you know. So mm. uh, I bought I bought my first home up in Christchurch. That's what I could nice. afford. Couldn't really afford Queenstown price at that time. Mm. Uh, and renovated it. Worked fucking different jobs, little cash jobs here and there, decks, re-roofs, all that. Saved a good bit of money. Worked, you know, Monday to Friday. Then on the weekends and evenings, renovated the house and done different wee cash jobs. Worked really hard and saved up enough money to build to buy a house down here. Right, yeah. And that was the start of it. Well done. Yeah. yeah. I could say it's a life-changing moment. Mm, it was. We're very similar backgrounds in a way. Young Irish guys and... When we came up, it was booming in Ireland. There was work yeah. everywhere, there was money everywhere. Yeah. And everyone was partying hard, drinking hard, and that was the culture. Yeah. And I was going hard right through my 20s. And at some point, I came to a realisation, you could kind of see ahead, you know, if I kept going down that drinking route mm-hmm. where my life could be in my 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. 
and you come to a sort of crossroads and have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask if you had that thought, but I guess really you've just said it, that accident really was a turning point yeah. for you. Yeah. I don't yeah. think the two can go hand in hand. You know, if people say, oh, you know, fuck out and drink and do this or whatever, and then, yeah, you run something successful, you're doing well. I don't, be- you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't believe you've got that clarity with, you know, I think it's all it's all good in moderation. And you do yeah. definitely need to push that aside focusing this for how many weeks months or whatever yeah and then fuck right you've done well our reward is maybe let loose with your friends or something like that you gotta control it or yeah. else it controls you yeah absolutely yeah I think you can for sure that's a lesson some people never learn and <laughs> no I know so you see it yeah. too often here don't you and yeah. Queenstown can be a bit of a trap there's only someone's birthday oh, there's always, you know what I mean temptation everywhere in this town yeah. you know it's a yeah. real party town yeah. yeah at this point when you had when you had that accident um it was maybe the beginnings of how you transformed from a young lad who was wild and free and not a care in the world to someone who became career driven, uh, incredibly focused, determined to work hard. And you built up a successful business, acquired your own rental properties in a place that's difficult to get on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not easy here. And you went on to build your own multi award winning home in a place that you love. You restored her- heritage building on your own property um, and you supported some local up and coming artists like myself and some other podcast guests, um, Hazzy and mm-hmm. Andy Rogers as well. So I'd just like to take this chance to say, well done, you know, mm-hmm. good on you. Thank you. And maybe to dig into this journey a little bit and just share with people some of the difficult things and some of the successes you've had. And maybe you could tell us some of the biggest challenges you faced along the way. When I moved from Christchurch back down to Queenstown, I was setting up my, my company and there's no one, oh, fuck, how do I, how do I get, what do, you, what do you do to start getting work, you know? Yeah. So someone put me in touch with GJ Gardner and they were building a few homes at the time. So I went in there, had a meeting with the guy there and I said to him, I said, listen, give me one fucking home, I guarantee I'll be your best builder. And, I, you know, I was, I was pretty confident what I'd done, you know? So this is probably securing that work or getting someone that trusted in you to start was a, yeah. a bit of a challenge, you know? Yeah. So I built the first home. It was just me and a labour at the time. Mm. I had a labour working for me. And yeah, pretty green guy, didn't know nothing about building, but I knew I could do everything. All mm. he needed to do was just help me lift the stuff into place or home yeah. shit. That's all it was, you know? So, yeah. I hadn't even finished the first home and they had me with all their plans thing. So this went from there and, you know, started in the shadow of our country up the very top of it, raising her. So it was very early days and I just worked my way the whole fucking way down and yeah. built, built probably most houses, more houses than probably anyone, any single builder in the shadow, shadow of our country. Yeah. Obviously GJ Classic built, but I'd done a lot of work for them, you know what I mean? So yeah. built a lot of homes here and then done a lot of my own homes. Did you do work for Classics as well? Yeah, I'd done a bit of work for Classic as well, yeah. But mostly GJ, done a bit of Ginian, Tony Stonewood, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, because I met you around that time because um, I used to on my weekends help out um, mm. Mark, Mark Fitz. Mm. He's a good fella as well. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking at the time, maybe between you and him, you were doing pretty much all the houses in this area. Right, we were, yeah, because I came down yeah. actually. And, uh, so and it was just a big bloody paddock before that. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and Fitzy like, were fucking smashing up the houses. Yeah. You know? And I came down, I helped him out a couple and that and then you know well, he was he was good too fucking he'd already got in the context with classic and yeah. sort of bounced ideas off each other and stuff and yeah. you know I didn't want to step on his toes or whatever he was doing the class thing and then I got into the GJ and we're fucking both working yeah having shot out and yeah. he's calling, calling around you get this here you fuck work away you know what I mean like so just two Irish guys working away yeah. good grafters and he's a, he's a good lad like, I remember at the time out. I was sort of thinking like you guys must be really lucky that you had the contact who asked you to do this and I was a little bit deluded you know I just thought some people were gra- um, handed things and opportunities yeah. but it took me like uh, a few years really to realise that these things aren't handed to you you have to make it and you have to prove yourself and you got to do the hard yards and, and you guys have definitely done that you know you put yourself in the position to receive these opportunities yeah. so yeah well done for that um, sometimes it just takes that one opportunity you know what I mean yeah and that's what it was like I was put in touch with GJ I went in had the meeting yep there's a house there sweet so quite a small house but before it even finished got basically said, yeah he knows what he's doing there's another one yeah. all, boom 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 within no time was their biggest builder building the most houses for GJ and I learned a lot through them you know what I mean I was doing it they it's all price and stuff just learning systems from them as well yeah which was quite good and then done that for a good few years systems of pricing eh uh, wouldn't say pricing Systems of how to do it quicker. Mm. Get, get the house up quickly done at this, but was yeah. There's always my goal quickly done at the yeah. The cladding, you know, the, the more money you made. Johnny quick lad. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the houses would have been very similar. Yeah. So you kind of I remember Mark working with Mark, and he kind of already knew what size skirtings are going in the rooms yeah. roughly, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
so yeah you, of repetition you just hone your skills and become faster and faster and That's faster it. yeah you just know what the next step is you know there must have been some difficult moments along the way you know like when you're working that hard you're really pushing yourself to your absolute limits you know mm-hmm. was there any moments of doubting yourself or questioning am I doing the right thing or, or this is too hard or do you ever feel like giving up at any stage I never I never doubted myself well, maybe when I talk on this here this house like you know uh, fuck I'm a fit for this Big is this your biggest challenge you reckon it probably was just because it's quite a you know it's financially and stuff like that too you know I'm like fuck I've this bit a bit more than you but it's like I'll do it for myself first before I do it for anyone and I've done it for myself and I've done it fuck it never missed the beat it's quite easy to be honest right so that uh, that was that was definitely this year home was probably the biggest home that I've sort of done yeah. but I know I could make that step yeah do it for a client well you've proved it yeah I've proved it. it you know yeah but there's definitely times fuck you I was just working so much like six six seven days a week just tired just trying to get ahead and always wanted like uh, the building company's going well but I always had an interest in property and I always thought right I'm building these houses why not fucking build them for myself mm-hmm. and sell them build them rent them out whatever that was always a goal because mm-hmm. I watched my dad he bought a few rental properties and stuff and I sort of you know I sort of looked at that and was like fuck that's a good idea he's bought a house there he's people in it they're paying a mortgage it's fucking it's not rocket science but it's still it's like you know it's yeah. and then it's growing capital growth and stuff like that like it's yeah. like, that's a fucking it's a great idea so that was always my, my goal to have a yeah. few rental properties and stuff like that and own my own house instead of paying rent have a house people paying a mortgage just things like that you know yeah yeah. the blueprint is there it's tried and tested it works mm-hmm. but yeah. getting there is the hard part that's it yeah. so I just had to do the hours how to get the capital how to get the money mm. to deposit the gas so just house prices were rising so you had to try and get that money quicker than the houses were rising which is fucking <laughs> yeah, hard yeah. so you had to put the MRs yeah. in you know it's like fucking hell like these oh shit fucking should have spent with that yeah. now it's fucking so much more expensive whatever you know for me I was scared like I, I kind of pussied out of buying the house mm-hmm. a couple of times because of my experiences back home mm-hmm. not personally but with my family my sister and other friends that uh, had bought properties and then obviously the property market crashed and mm-hmm. in a really bad way mm-hmm. and it went in the space of a few months from uh, the property next door the exact same property being worth a couple of hundred thousand less you know yeah, yeah. and I could see all the hallmarks of that boom here mm-hmm. it looks so similar yeah but it's kept rising you yeah. know and yeah it's it keeps, good isn't it continues to keep growing you yeah. know it sort of defies anything else that's happened it's a different sort of space Queenstown isn't it like with all these people the different friends says oh do you think do you think it's going to drop do you think it's you know should I just hold off I said nah. I says today is the best time to buy a house it's the cheapest day to buy a house it yeah. rise it, I don't see it going down and it has just kept going up it yeah, it has. has yeah and I said yes, fuck you're young you know what I mean just bad now what's the worst you you know mm. you there? I might have a wee dip I don't know but I, I seriously doubt it that's just me like, I didn't know that's my opinion you know mm. and so as you had this fucking bad now yeah and if you get it did and just paid off them you know yeah but uh, for me you're probably like what you're saying you're probably scared of what different things happened in your life that's why you didn't take that leap and yeah for me, I bought my first house when I was 19, back home. Oh, and, yeah. So that's uh, a big leap, yeah. That was it. And yeah. that was it, honestly. Once you do it once, it's, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't seem so scary. Exactly. Yeah. So I had the balls to do it over here. Mm. So I bought that, and I bought it in the hype of the, the market. I bought it for 107,000 sterling. Fucking house was never worth that, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I just bought it as a rental investment, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kept it till, I think I sold it maybe two years ago. So I had that house from I was 19 to fucking probably 35, I said there, you know, no, 15, 15 years or something like that, 15, yeah. 16 years or something like that. 16 years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was like, that was probably my best buy. Now I bought it for 107,000, I actually sold it for 69,000 or something like that. But the rent was sort of covering the mortgage anyway, so it didn't yeah. really cost me much. Yeah. And in those years, what, I think it maybe, when I sold it, maybe only 50-something thousand to pay off the mortgage. So I didn't really notice the mortgage going and then it's like 10,000 come back at me. So it sort of did make money in a way, you know, you know understand me? Yeah. But and that's I, maybe the worst case scenario. Yeah. And it didn't burn you that bad. Either. No. But it, what it done, like it was definitely one of my best buys because it gave me the balls to do it over here. I didn't know nothing about fucking New Zealand. I was here myself. Yeah. I didn't have dad or anyone to ask or whatever, you know? Yeah. he didn't fucking know. He wasn't here. He doesn't know how it works over here. Yeah. But I just went and done it and there's people you fucking go to. You go to your lawyers, you go to this or whatever and figure it out, you know? Just have a go. Just have a go. So I did a, a, a both my first home up in Christchurch when we moved back up there. Uh, that was 27 or something like that. Yeah. So it was 27. Yeah, like I said, I couldn't get into the market here. Bought that and then I, I moved. Bought that and went up there and just worked, like I said, 
thinking back down to Queenstown, bought my house here, set up the business, and yeah. just kept going on the, the property side of things. And that's yeah. what fucking definitely made me the money. The business was just taking long, having serviceability yeah. for. Then I bought different pieces of land and built the house and sold them then and stuff, you know. And Climbed your way up yeah. the ladder, sort yeah. of thing. And then this place is the end result of that, I suppose, you know. This beautiful house, and I wish the listeners could see it because you've really went all out in every aspect of this house. Yeah. I know that personally, like, because when we were designing furniture to, for the house together, mm-hmm. whenever it became a question of quality, your choice was choose the better quality. Mm-hmm. That, that took preference over um, price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think you've done that across every aspect of this house. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's been commended. It's been awarded for. It's won awards for your kitchen and. Yeah, the kitchen. Things. I haven't uh, the kitchen won awards yet. Uh, it goes in the house of the year this year. Uh, Judging's June comes around June, I think. Uh, there's a night down in Invercargill in July or something. So mm-hmm. to see, but with the Heritage College and how that was restored, I think. I should maybe get some sort of recognition for it because it yeah. it's a beautiful home with it. Many people through yeah. it and stuff, and this is yeah, this is heritage cottage. Do you feel like that's kind of giving back to the community a little bit? In yeah, a way? definitely. It's restoring uh, a piece of history that was built in eighteen sixty or whatever, and I don't think it had any obligation to keep that. I could have mm-hmm. let it fall right down around me. Yeah, but I thought it was a shame to fucking something so old because coming back from Ireland, you know, you've old buildings all over the place. This mm-hmm. is something that New Zealand's missing. I think we're ashamed to let it. Yeah, you can't buy history. No. Once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we uh, totally we, you know, took down the chimney, the stones, new foundation, everything for the chimney, lifted off the roof, mm. raised that up, lifted off the roof, new uh, foundation and walls, lifted back on the, the old roof. We built our new roof over the old roof, so it's hanging there suspended. So when you walk inside, you look up, you can see the old roof. Ah. So there's so this pretty cool, you know. And I got some reclaimed timber, which is from my neighbours, Narelle Wilson over there. Came, came off the old school. So it's been, I guess, built around 1867, yeah. something like that. So still just keeping them within the from character. The period, yeah. Yeah. So th- that was that. We built the chimney, stone for stone, with all these pictures, just placing the stone in the right. The right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, said, I didn't do it, obviously, because yeah. stonemason, but he'd done a fantastic job. And if you look at the two pictures, you look at the chimney, you're like, Good, he, he's done a good job there. It's amazing, oh, well you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely restored a piece of history. Like, and yeah, I've actually run a wee book on it there for the guests. It's an Airbnb now, so oh. people can come and stay. Yeah. In the cottage. Yeah, yeah. Right, which is going well for me as well. It is giving back to the community, but it also adds value as well. Mm, that absolutely. bit of history there. Yeah. And um, it's got a story tied to it. Yeah. And yeah, people love to hear about Queenstown history because it's cool. It's like the gold mining era. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you've come around full circle and um, you've set yourself some massive goals, like this house really mm-hmm. being the big one, yeah. and you've achieved it. Um, how does that sit with you? Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, definitely. Like, well, as soon as I came to Queenstown, I seen this place, you know, working out in properties in Dale Field and all that, and it's like, fuck, this place is amazing. How does I have to have a slice of that very early on, you know? So I done that was definitely a goal. Mm-hmm. So this is like, I have to do whatever I have to do. Because I grew up in a nice house in the countryside, heaps of land. Round so we'd run fucking wild me and my four brothers you do whatever you know yeah it's a great upbringing yeah, it is great you know? childhood yeah yeah instead of being in terrorist towns whatever mm. so I see that and I was like fuck that's what I want for me mm. kids whenever the time comes you know yeah I think it's a great life so and whereas we're better to do it than Queenstown so I had to have a slice of this place mm. whatever it's going to take so that was a big goal nice and yeah I'm, you know, I'm happy with where I've got to with it yeah and yeah now that this sort of place is done I'm sort of I have a few moments I have sort of stuff I was like fuck what next? Yeah. You know, sort of like, what, what is next? Yeah. And I sort of question myself, right, fuck, I've done that shit. What is next? This is the next stage. It's reflecting on what you've done yeah. and figuring out what you're going to do next. Yeah. That true. is the next step. Yeah. Because I, I even spoke to you, it's like, fuck, yeah, I'm a wee bit sort of mm. crossroads now. I'm just watching these guys, how creative these are and stuff. And yeah, I've created this, what it's done for me. But I'm like, what else do I want to create, you know? Mm. Sort of thing. So, but yeah, like you say, just reflecting on what I have. It, it just comes, just enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when you've got that drive and that ambition, you, you're always looking for the next. Yeah. Sometimes you can't just fucking calm and just sit and enjoy it. You're that's just something that's been growing since your dad said yeah. that thing to you. Yeah, you that's know true. What I mean? yeah, yeah. Something niggling at me, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's been growing and growing. And the harder you worked and the more difficult it was, the bigger that want was in you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you're not going to instantly replace that, I don't think. No. But it'll come to you. You'll find your path again. You'll yeah. find your next challenge. Yeah. yeah, I've got a few projects in the go which are quite exciting coming up and stuff, you know. So, 
just enjoy them and enjoy that journey as well. Yeah. And Is that work wise? Yeah. yeah. And just enjoy where I've came and mm. do sit back. Because I know a lot of times I was just head down for going flight and different mates says, fuck, you've done that. And I couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, honestly couldn't see it. Yeah, you have to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see it. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. Just yeah. going on that, just not even stop and say, Okay, well, that yeah. came along with it. It's quite good. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't, yeah, if you don't sit back and appreciate it, what's the point? Mm. What are you doing it for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to enjoy it. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you as well. So, that period of hustling, hustling hard, do you think that you grew as a man during that period? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it helped grow your character more? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're definitely you're dealing with people, uh, definitely some skills, how to deal with people, how to manage people, you know. Mm. You, you came across all types of characters. Yeah. You know, and throughout work and stuff, and, you know, you, you had to manage that. You got the, a job or, or you had a client that, that might have been a bit hard to, you know what I mean? Mm. So you just had to navigate around people that. People skills. People skills and stuff, you know. Mm. So you definitely grew as a human. Sometimes you're uh, deflated a wee bit. Someone, you know, might have fucking put down, but you just pick yourself and say, no, I am doing the fucking right thing here. Just... Mm. kept going but definitely did sculpt you and shape you you know you said before you've proven it now so mm. that resolve you had before like you, the confidence you had in yourself that you can do it mm-hmm. now it's been proved so you know it, you can say you have an example uh, that I have done this yeah um, I think one thing you might have learned is um, uh, you're a very convincing man you know there's a few times when I didn't really have time to make the furniture for you and mm. you somehow got around me <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I was actually I think I was talking about that last night to someone who the fuck was they doing that the well, uh, I say all these get what I want, you know. And I think I do think I've definitely picked up that skill, you know. Yeah. Just telling some of the story last night. Uh, my dad was over here. I went into a restaurant, and your dad's diabetic, blah blah blah, and uh, he needed to get food and stuff, and he walked in, whatever. It was actually Valentine's Day down in Cromwell. Me, him, and mum was out doing stuff. He came out and says, "No, they're fully booked up." I said, "Da, I know." So <laughs> went in anyway and chatted with the lady, and just I don't know just just done what I had to do you know I was like yeah, there's any chance just me and my mum and dad here I can't remember what the fuck I said whatever I said but it, mm. I got what I wanted I, you know what I mean she's like it's just some only like a food uh, we'd be in and out and just quick meal uh, we'd be gone before your next book or whatever and stuff she's like alright hang on hang on okay just bear with me she went and thing and she sat us down yeah. and there's been a few things that got in dad he's like he just rolls his eyes and I said, you know I said it's dad I always get what I want <laughs> <laughs> you know your, rock's, your luck's gonna run out someday he says <laughs> something like that I, I don't think I would manipulate anything or whatever but I would definitely you know I, I think, think you would <laughs> I think I met a few people. I was like, "Yeah, I want you to do this. Honestly, I need this. I need this. I want your work with me. I need your piece." Yeah, and I am. I, I knew, I knew what you were doing with yeah. some of the times, but I guess at the core, I really wanted to do this. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, my only uh, constriction was time. You know, I just yeah, was right. running you're, out of time. Yeah. But um, I'm happy that we done it and we got yeah, there. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, look, look at this this table that we sit on. It's yeah. Amazing. Like, and it's and I'm proud of this as well. Yeah. Yeah. It so. is. It's like this. It's a one off, and for everybody, yeah. the comments on it, there's like. Just can't believe it. It's, it is, yeah. And I wanted in this home because this is like you know my family home and my forever home. Unless someone walks past and this does me a stupid thing that I can't refuse. But uh, <laughs> I had to have you know my mates like work here. You know like Hazzy's done different work for me. You know yourself different mates mates work within yeah uh, the place. You know like Marty Walker done the concrete floors. Ah, yeah. done the plumbing. Joey and that boy's done the sparky work and stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a lot of mates come around here and stuff and yeah. That's community. Yeah, it's community, yeah. yeah. And then we just then come here to the party and just enjoyed it and stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you know. So just yeah, just there's more to it than just Yeah. You're looking at that and says, Oh yeah, I'm admitting that whatever, you know what I mean? And oh it means a lot more. It does, yeah. it does, yeah. Hundred percent. Definitely. Maybe that's something I've learned from you. I think yeah, I'd like to support other people in the future and mm-hmm. it means a lot more to say your friend made something or mm-hmm. it's just adds a little bit of extra depth. Yeah, definitely. This whole podcast, as you know, is it's about inspiration. Um, it's about for me personally. It's about sharing my journey and the people who've inspired me along the way, hoping that someone else might take something from it. And and, and you've definitely inspired me, JP. And um, just looking at your hard work and what you can achieve through working hard. So you've helped me in my journey, and here's your chance to help other people. And I, I wondered if you had a word of advice for anyone who's out there, like a young guy or a girl who's hungry to start their journey. Is there anything you'd say to him? Yeah, who's just back yourself you know if you if you feel and you think you have got something more and you can do it take the next leap and go and fucking do it you know you probably Brilliant. find that you can you yeah. can do it like I just got that one opportunity thing and then everything else just unraveled mm-hmm. the work itself I don't think too deep about it just go and do it you're doing it every day anyway go and do it for yourself you know yeah. just have that confidence 
Yeah. That's what that's what I sort of think, you know. Just back yourself. Just back yourself. Brilliant. Be confident yeah. and back yourself. Yeah, well it's very fitting that we have um the last episode of my podcast is here, sat at the table of the last piece of furniture I made in New Zealand. So uh, JP, thanks for coming on and sharing your story and let's hope it inspires someone else somewhere. Yeah, thanks for having me that. Cheers, man. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Uh, brilliant yeah. yeah and that was JP um, I hope the two Irish accents weren't too difficult to understand um, thanks for tuning in there's only a couple of more episodes to go